The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Welcome you to Medjinomics. We again have Riz out of the studio and Joan also. Working on Medjinomics.com. I'll be joining them this week. We're pre-taping this because I'll be down there at that time. But we have Marissa in our studios with us to do our reading today and story. We have often talked to follow the message that we have to have our actions in our life in correspondence to what Our Lady says. And so her words and her messages are our foundation. And as Maria said, that they are really an echo, or really she didn't say echo, they're really for today's man to help him understand, modern man, help him understand the scriptures. Because people don't often do the same kind of work they did in the scriptures. They don't always follow the same methods. So Our Lady's building a bridge to the scriptures to help us understand more fully what is the scriptures having to say to us? There's many things happening in the world. We have the whole economic situation. Of course, Medjinomics is just about that. How does it affect us? How does it affect the church? How does, it, how does it affect our life? And what forms our life? What dictates to us what we do each day? 
we look at things and say, well, I won't allow that to be my master. It is. It's Our Lady who said to Ivanka, Satan has special plans to enslave you through materialism. That materialism is often purchased on credit. You say, well, I'm not going to be a slave. Satan reveals his plans. He can be blatant in front of us. Satan wants to show his same shameful face, our lady says. So we have credit cards. We have credit accounts. We have banks saying, don't, don't use your money in the bank. Keep it there. What a lie. For decades, the bankers would say, don't take your money out of the bank. Borrow against it. But these reveals who it reveals itself. What are some of our credit cards? MasterCard. You remember that? Who came up with that name? The master. Who's going to master you? And what does a master do? He dictates to his slaves what he would do to them, what he wants them to do. You think it's a mistake that a credit card was named MasterCard? What a strange name. Satan can't help but reveal his thing. He, he loves to be deceptive. At the same time, he can't wait for you to know what he's doing. But nobody catches these things because nobody's in prayer during that period of time. And the Pied Piper, tooting his flute, can drown you all. And he did many people in credit. And many people can't get out of it. They're enslaved by these things. It is your master. And we've all fallen for it. We bought the lie. And Satan's checkmating us. It's his plan to get us so far along that we can't get out of it. And so when Our Lady says these words, Satan has special plans to enslave you through materialism. He becomes your master. You're not free to even follow God. Many times people have written to us, Oh, I wish I could do this. I'd like to do this as ministry now. I'd like to follow more of the messages, but I'm enslaved. I can't do that. They don't even say the word enslaved. They just say, I'm so tied up. Oh, this, I got to keep two jobs. My wife's got to keep a job. Satan's master stroke was this net, this web that he sowed to the economic system. And so it's very important and urgent that you understand this economic situation. It's incredible that so many people on the side of God during the Christian walk does not recognize the motivation of people's intentions. They'll talk about Congress, they'll talk about the President, they'll talk about this, they'll talk about that. And you'll often hear or read that these people on that side of the aisle, they just don't get it. I've heard many Christians say with the liberals and what they're promoting and all the social agenda, they don't get it. No, you don't get it. They get it. If you're looking at this with the Spirit of God and you had the mind of God in, God in your spirit, you would be able to discern the intentions of hearts. These people vote, know very well what they're doing. And many Christians are fools because they've gone toward the intellect, 
They try to understand things through the mind. They bought the lie of college education. Get this. Get your job. This is part of the economic problem we have. You can't get the spirit of God through the intellect or through certificate or PhD. It ain't going to come to you that way. We're overeducating Christians in a way that is not good. And we're negating the higher education, the mind of God. Did you know wisdom is not something you go to school for? Wisdom is not something that you can, you can work for, you can sacrifice for. Wisdom is something you simply ask for with a pure heart. I remember it's Thomas Kempis who wrote, why go to school for six years when in an instant the Holy Spirit can give it to you? People would argue that. Then why did Thomas Kempis write that? Satan's very clever. One of his greatest weapons is the universities. Their higher education. The world's education. But it's why God keeps hidden from them the answers. And Our Lady stays base on her messages. Simple. Just the same thing Jesus did. Parables. Simple parables. And built a kingdom that's reigned through the hearts of all cultures and nations for 2,000 years. And man now transfers that to the intellect. Intellectualism. We have it in our seminaries. We're placing too much emphasis on the intellect, intellectual spiritualism, not the mind of God in my spirit. That's where we got to go to. It's philosophy. Both ways can be philosophy. Jesus taught philosophy through his parables. But the way the world teaches it, through the intellect rather than the spirit, has put us in the position we're in today. Don't buy it, because Satan will checkmate you. In an art gallery in Europe hangs a painting titled Checkmate. On one side of a chessboard sits the devil, full of laughter. His hand is poised, ready to make his next move. On the other side of the chessboard sits a shaking, frightened young man. Sweat covers his forehead, dripping down and mixing with a solitary tear on his cheek. The game is obviously drawing to a close, and the winner appears to have already been decided. One day, a chess champion from far-off country visited the gallery. Naturally, the painting caught his attention, inviting him to examine it for a long time. In fact, while others had moved on throughout the gallery, the chess champion remained fixated on the game, and especially on the devil, who sat eagerly waiting for his next turn, in which he planned to steal this man's soul. Minutes turned into hours as the chess champion studied the board from every possible angle. The sweat on the young man's forehead urged him to continue. Finally, as the gallery was about to close, the chess champion found the proprietor of the gallery and asked him, Sir, would you happen to have a chessboard here? After looking around in several of the offices, he located a chessboard and brought it to the man. The chess champion laid the board out, at the base of the painting precisely as it was in the painting. He made a move and then countered that move in the only way that the devil could avoid checkmate. 
He then made another move and countered it again, knowing that the devil would have to defend himself in his next move as well. The chess champion did this several more times, putting the devil on the defensive each and every time. Eventually, a loud yell was heard throughout the gallery as the chess champion cried out in relief, I did it, I did it, I did it. Turning to the painting, the chess champion lowered his voice and said, Young man, your enemy miscalculated a very important move. I uncovered it, and as a result, you don't have to lose, you win. The chess champion had discovered a way not only for the young man to escape, but also the checkmate to checkmate the devil himself. It's that lady's messages. The man who came in and started staring at this for hours, studying this, looking at it, contemplating the painting. Your painting today is our lady's messages. She says, comprehend the greatness of the message. When all is lost, when there's no way out, what does she tell you in the message? She wants you to lose hope like this painting showed. The devil was claiming this man's soul. His whole life. No, that's not what our lady gives. That's not the despair she shows. Hers is this. She says, Through prayer, you will perceive the greatest joy out of every situation that has no exit. This is what this man who observed the painting found. And that can be found in the message for you. Whatever dilemma faces you, whatever your situation, there's an answer. But not only that, we go underneath the messages. We go into the hidden side of the messages. We unlock them. That's part of Medianomics here to show you how to unlock the messages to pertain to your life. That your interpretation fits over your situation today, this moment, this second. There's so much the Holy Spirit wants to reveal through that. Our lady desires to guide you. She says, you just listen to me. Tune out the world. Read your Bible. Live the commandments. Let them be the measure of your life. In Proverbs 24, verse 27, there's a very interesting verse. If you look at it through the way we look at all these messages, that all these verses have some meaning for you individually, because you have the theologians who want to interpret this and say this is what this means. <clears throat> Scriptures are not dead. They don't mean something because of the way they were wrote 2,000 years ago that can only have that meaning. Our Lady through the messages has shown us what many Catholics haven't discovered that Protestants have. The only thing they have is the Bible and fellowship. We have the glory of the sacraments. But in many ways, we don't know how to use the Bible as Catholics. Our lady says, read the Bible every day. She says, you must read the Bible. <clears throat> and so there's things to be hidden there that she wants you to find and discover, just like this man did, that the one who was about to be checkmated couldn't. And that's why we have a whole culture educated by the way of the world, through the intellect, to the system, to make money. This is the business. This is how things run. This is how the family should run. All intellectualism, philosophy. When there's another side of that, when you have all these things through the Spirit, by simply asking God, give me wisdom. 
But things are so clouded today through what Satan offers from billboards to the radio to the music to the television to the internet to the cell phones and so forth to penetrate that to get you to even come to a point where you can discover these things is very difficult and so Proverbs 24 verse 27 says complete your outdoor task and arrange your work in the field Afterward, you can establish your house. Wow. Did you hear what that says? People around a trash can fire don't have to have a house. They can get warm from that fire. They can get underneath the overpass. The nomads in the Holy Lands and around the Arabic countries countries are still there without houses. But one thing the trash can fire people or the street people or the nomads or those who are homeless, one thing they have to have is food. Complete your outdoor task and arrange your work in the fields. In other words, the first thing you do is make it where you can eat. How are you going to be eating tomorrow? Can you trust where you're getting your food source from? Afterward, you can establish your house. You want me to trace back to this verse? A proverbial saying of the Amish? Until I read this recently, I didn't know where the proverb came from. I believed it because I understood it. And I've quoted it before. But this verse is this, is this roots. It's what birthed this proverbial saying of Amish. They state, Many a fine barn built a fine house. No fine house built a fine barn. In other words, complete your work, your task to get in your food. Arrange your work in the fields. Establish you a system to be able to eat by. Put a tent up. You can always light a trash can fire. Afterwards, you can establish your house. But we have a whole culture. I'll go in debt. I'll go in credit. I'll do whatever I got to do. I just want a house. And I want a big one. I want more than I need. Many of you out there say, well, I wish I just had a house. I'm just renting. But the whole reason for this is our whole culture has driven that way. Decisions you may have made 40 years ago. It's not to beat you down on this and make you see so the next generations will see what steps they need to take to arrange your life with the ladies' messages. Discover these things that to have a way of life is what's important. Your house will come as a result of the way of life. You don't do the house and then have a way of life. You don't build a house first, then the barn. You build the barn, then the house. In fact, the Amish will build our house and they'll put a lean-to and live underneath that next to the barn. They'll scrounge their living and they make a little bit more, sell a little extra, whatever they need to do to build it that way. Very profound verse. This is just one verse of the Bible. There was a real holy priest in Rome that was well known was asked one time, how do, you, how do you look at the Bible? How do you study it? And how much time do you spend on it? 
He said, I'll take one verse like this. Complete your task, rather, complete your outdoor task and arrange your work in the field. Afterward, you can establish your house. And he said, I'll spend one month on one word. That's how much volumes of information can come from a verse. So what does Proverbs 24, verse 27 mean to you? Is it paralleling what you're at least working toward? And how have we fallen? Why have we fallen? And how do we get up? We have another letter to read, a feedback. Someone asked a question. I have a question concerning keeping holy the Lord's Day. Our church often has parish breakfast on Sunday after Mass. Is this considered working on Sunday and thus breaking God's commandment? Once in a while, these breakfasts will have a free donation bucket set out to collect for something such as the altar society or a charity. Is this wrong to attend these parish get-togethers? We have had some disagreement over this subject. Our parish, parish's major fundraiser for years has been held on Sunday evening before Thanksgiving. This year, after my friend and I had been to Caritas in March, we set the fundraising su- supper for Saturday night instead of Sunday. There were some who argued that serving this big event on Sunday was for the good of the church, but this event takes a lot of work. There's nothing relaxed or easy going about it, and it takes a lot of people to put it on. So were we right in moving it to Saturday? Is hunting deer, etc. on Sunday considered breaking the Sabbath also? I would really love to hear some comment back on this, and it has bothered me since I read Look What Happened While You Were Sleeping. What do you who live at Caritas do on your Sundays after Mass? Thank you. Kelly S. from Nelson, Nebraska. Well, this is the point of contention. In other words, this is where it started. It started in the church. We had people here December 8th through the 12th, and Sunday, our day that we used to have a meal that we cater, was our day that this fell on. And so we decided we'd cook it ourselves. If you're cooking breakfast and you're bringing everything, eggs from home, or we already have everything in the church refrigerators, and you're doing it yourself, that's one thing. But people, somebody actually in the community announced, well, we're not going to charge this year because we always cater it, but we did it ourselves. So we were, somebody said, you know, we'll pass the donation basket. I said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to skirt around it. We'll just feed everybody. And we did do that. That's one thing. But what has Sunday got to do with the fall and the fact that everything and the violations of Sunday has to do with commerce or money. You ask about hunting. In the country, people wouldn't even go fishing on Sunday just 40, 50 years ago. They felt like they were violating the Sabbath. When I first heard that and started learning about the Lord's Day and keep it holy, I was amused by that. Why did people who are really reverent, who honored God, who really revered Sundays, say you couldn't go fishing on Sunday. If you did, they were frowned upon and scourged. They wouldn't do it. Too much shame would be brought down on them. Well, fishing now, fishing back then was a little bit different. If you got your own lake and you go fishing, and you're relaxing, 
What are you doing it for? People used to do this mostly by means of eating. They went out. They didn't have the Bass Pro Shop or their Bass things, and everything was was for entertainment. And whatever you're doing as far as entertainment can in and of itself violate the Sabbath. And of course, all that requires going by this, go by minutes, go by gas, building the lake. So it's not so much that as how you're doing it. But hunting deer, people did this 60 years ago, a lot to eat. The big thing they talked about was not the, the spending $500 to put a head on the wall. It was put meat in the freezer. It was work. So motives are everything. You can't say, oh, well, my family can only do this on Sunday, so it's for the good of the Sunday, we'll just do this. Just like the rationalization, for the good of the church, they're doing fundraiser on Sunday. They're probably catering this, a lot of work. But because it's for the church, we can have people working for us and catering on Sunday because it's good to the church. That's garbage. That's exactly what's sentiment anathema to our economy. Because to the church, relaxation, why, if they do it, cannot everybody else do what they're doing? Yes, it's wrong. It's wrong to cater on Sundays in the church. Work around it. How do you do that? Well, you got six chances to do that as opposed to one. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you know there's a Thursday and a Friday. And also there's a Saturday. Don't give me it that it's got to be on Sunday. That's the problem. Give me it. Give me it and everything else. This has to be condemned. Not people, but this action. From the gift shop on Sundays at the church, selling, to catering on Sunday or doing that and everybody's doing this and going out. How many times has it been one meal if you say we cooked ourselves and bought everything on Saturday that you did that you didn't send somebody on the way to church to pick up this or whatever you forgot? If it's a big event, I don't buy that. Probably five times people go out there or five people on the way picking something up. It's not a day of commerce, even if it's good for the church. The church has to be the first witness. The church has to be the first example. And that's when I saw here in December, somebody's going to take donate. Ah, we're not going to do that. It's got to be a measure, the commandment, the third Holy the Lord's Day. We are fallen because of this commandment. The church doesn't get this because they're educated intellectually. If you had the mind of God, you would understand it. And that's the reason you have arguments with people. Don't even try to convince them because they don't have the mind of God to understand it. They're incapable of understanding it because they've been trained, educated, conditioned, lived the wrong way. I can say that Myself, when I discovered it, I never got the grace from Sunday and living the Lord's day because I never lived it. And I was shocked that there was a grace available when I began to live it. After about six months, things started happening, both to our mission, to our, to our life, to the family, to the community, to the mission worldwide. There's something for there. And I tell you, this fall, this coming is directly tied to our violations on that day. I said that last week on Metronomics. I'll say it every week now. I feel it's more important that you start living this Sunday. Frank, I know you're holding on. Yeah, well, uh, just the question that, that uh, what, how does Caritas live Sundays put a smile on my face because I've had the opportunity to be there sometimes on Sundays. It's a very joyful day, and we're after.
to the rosary, everybody kind of lingers, and the adults get into conversations, and the kids, you know, will play their game, maybe a soccer game, and some of the adults that might not be in a conversation might join in. But it's it's uh, just put a smile on my face. It's a really uh, joyful day and a, um, a very beautiful way to live the Lord's Day. But um, I was thinking that you know when about this week about Mastercard and Visa. It's it's funny that you mentioned this, and uh, sure no coincidence that these things were on my mind. You know, Visa allows entrance, and then a Mastercard. You know, you cannot serve God and and money, and these are really blatant things. And uh, many a fine barn has built a fine house where last decade everybody was pulling all their equity out of their house as if a fine house could build, um, you know, and taking vacations. And and so now, as you said last week, our debt has passed, um, is over 100% of our GDP. And where 2011 was the year of the dollar, the dollar was one of the safe haven currencies that everyone went into. And 2011 was a blatant intervention in the metals like no one has ever seen before, where the markets have just lost all credibility. And uh, the shorts or the sell side in the metals were rewarded by this. And so there's more shorts in, the, in these weak hands than there's ever been, because if you look at all the interventions, the raising margin rates as, as uh, the metals were going down, um, this MF Global thing, which tremendously rewarded the shorts. When the equity was pulled out, the price went down. The, the ones on the buy side had to had to sell. The ones on the short side were rewarded. And so, as you talk about the enemy and knowing what the enemy is doing, because these things are Mastercard really blatant enemies of freedom and, and um, God's way. Uh, you see them more blatant in 2011 than ever before. So it concerns me that change is coming this year because of the positioning that we saw last year and and uh, all the backwards things that we, we did the last decade with getting us into an overwhelming situation of debt that there's really no way to get out of it except a total debasement of currency or a default there's, you know, no way to recover from here. Uh, only, you know, we can only default or, you know, grossly debase the currency. Well, you know, it's real simple. If if uh, our GDP, which you're referring to, we referred to last week, gross national product, if we're paying more of that out than we're producing, to simplify that, ask yourself this question. If you pay out to live more than you're taking in, and even more than if you could even additionally borrow, so more income than you can make, or that you're making, or that even borrowing to make it, and your bills are more, what happens? What will happen? So the economists, the predictors, those looking to fix the economy, it's real simple. And we don't have to say they don't get it. They get it. The devil wants to checkmate and everything fall and bring all the misery and those who would turn against God being angry about it, that he can. But this is inevitable. It can't be anything other than what we're saying. 
And so it's time for you to look to your Bible. It's time to look to our latest messages and discover the professional chess player. Our Lady, her words, who has the plan to counter the devil. Frank, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, you can call us toll-free at 877-936-7686. You can reach us uh, by email at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website for general information is globalsilverinvestors.com. You can download this. You can print this out on CDs. You can give this to all for workers. They don't have to believe in Our Lady. Often we come to the back door and introduce Our Lady to people through issues. This is the major issue of the day and of our time. And everything hinges upon it and the whole follow the world is connected to it. The new culture is coming. Will you be a part of it? That said, it's time to start meditating, contemplating, thinking, look at the painting, study it. That is the messages. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.